Hi, and welcome to Growth, a podcast that seeks to inspire entrepreneurs, interact with ambitious people, and be a source of information that enables you to grow as a company and as an individual. My name is Matthias, and I am your host. In this episode, we will meet Sigrun Sivru, the CEO and co-founder of Fion. Together, we had a nice talk about how they have used the scenario of a pandemic in a positive way, adapting their company to become more scalable, and we also revealed where they will grow into next. Welcome to Growth, Sigrun. It's great to have you here. Now, for most of our listeners, they might know your name and what Fion is all about. But first of all, for those who don't know this, why don't you introduce yourself to our audience? My name is Sigrun Zivre, and I'm CEO and co-founder of the clothing rental platform Fjong. Great. And Fjong, some might have tested it, some have seen it, some have heard of it, but there might be a few of us that don't know what Fjong is about. What would you say is like the short pitch for Fjong? Fjong is a platform where people rent clothes. We used to offer a clothing rental for special occasions. Now we also have a clothing subscription for everyday clothing. We have built uh, our own technology to make clothing rental scalable. And we are now only operating in Norway, but we're planning to launch in Denmark uh, during the year. Great. And for Fjong as a company, I can only imagine that the last 12 months have been different. Uh, can you just elaborate a little bit about what's been the main priorities for Fjong as a company for the last year or so? The main priority has been to make Fjong survive, basically, from uh, a period where all our revenue from Fjong Occasion just uh, was gone overnight almost. So then we were fighting quite hard to uh, basically get the company up standing again, uh, but also standing better than what it did before the pandemic. So we did a lot of changes uh, last year to make us more scalable and to make the offering more relevant for more people and easier to to use. Great. Um, And it sounds like you've done quite a a transformation because you've added a quite new uh, product line to your offering with Fjong Everyday. What kind of experience have you had for the last year that has shifted your priorities? How did that happen? Did you develop it overnight or was it something that was in line or... We were planning to launch a clothing subscription at some point, but when the pandemic hit, we just had to do it much faster and uh, sooner than what we would have done otherwise. So we did it without any UX uh, on on the website for it. Uh, We just had to do it. So that was the first thing. We also stopped with showroom. We used to have a physical uh, place where people could come and try on outfits. Now we only have a digital offering and are also able to invest more in that and make sure that that works even better. We also stopped sourcing outfits from private people, which we had been doing a lot before with the pandemic. That was very difficult. And we started to source clothing mostly from brands, retailers and designers. And 30% of outfits that are produced never reach end customers. So it's a lot to to take from from those, um, those partners. And uh, that has been, the, I think, the most um, important changes we have done last yeah. year. And now we're, I think, in a much better position than before. Yeah, because it sounds like it's been quite the ride. It's been a big transformation going from one kind of a product to another one, sourcing the actual product that people are leasing from somewhere else, 
um, and also going from a physical to digital offering, there's been a lot of change. <laughs> How has that process been for both yourself, but also for Fiong as a company? Mm, it's been a lot of changes in the service, as you say. It's also been a very tough year with a lot of uncertainty. Yeah. And we uh, first had to permitere people, then we could take them off back again. Then we were saying that we don't believe that we had to permitere to kind of temporarily lay off people again, but yeah. we had to. So it was a lot of uncertainty and a lot of, uh, it was a tough time for for me, but also for the team. So just to to survive this together, I think has been a process in itself and also knowing how to navigate all of this uncertainty. And I think the most important learning for me has been to dare to be open and vulnerable with the team, not to to try to like hiding things or not being honest um, will not help you in any way. It's better to just tell the truth and whole truth and also be sure to tell what you don't know and the things that you're uncertain about and be honest. Yeah, That's the only way I think we would have gone through the crisis to, to kind of focus on that openness and daring to be vulnerable, but also dare to think the, the worst thoughts we, that we might not survive and what we have to do in order to not end up there. Yeah, because how did you, the process of kind of realizing that the worst case scenario here is that there is no more Fion. Fion, mm. there's an end. How did you work with that process with your team to kind of at one at the one stage know that this is the worst case scenario, but at the second stage also work with motivating your team to kind of push forward mm. and hoping or driving motivation to not end up with the worst mm. case scenario? We have to keep remembering ourselves why we do this yeah. and what the mission we are on is all about. And that is to change how we consume clothes, to make it easy to access clothes in a sustainable way. And just not kind of losing our eyes on our goal and why we are here and what we are working on is the single most important motivational factor and what makes us kind of go on. And then we also we're quite sure about that. We we have a very good technology already that makes clothing rental scalable. We wanted to launch subscription anyway. So we just had to do that. And we had to do it in a way that was compliant with the pandemic rules. And we had to also do it, we had to use the opportunity to kind of do it better because we didn't have any revenue from our past service. We just, and people were off. So we just, to, in order to get people on again, we had yeah. to have a service that people wanted in an affordable way. We were kind of forced to to just think uh, smarter, smarter. And so we did. And that was very motivational. And we had people getting back on. And now we are full uh, speed with Pyong every day and are continuing in the next market. And I think are in a better position than before the pandemic. Yeah, because uh, in the intro, you also mentioned that you've been able to create a more scalable business model during the pandemic yeah. with all the changes and adaptions that you've done. Mm. What exactly is it that's more scalable now compared to how Fiong looked like 16 months ago? 
The most important things that makes us more scalable now than before is that we source uh, a higher amount of outfits when we source outfits from retailers and brands and designers. Then we get much more at once. They also have pictures, typically, of the outfits. Before, we got single outfits from different private people, and we took them a photo of one uh, outfit. So that was much more hassle, basically, than how we're doing it now. Before, we also had a physical showroom where we met people physically. That is really nice, and it was a great way to make people get to know Fjong and uh, what we are about and our offering. But that is also not so scalable, of course. And having only um, digital presence, we can use that and reach basically the whole world. And investing only in that and making sure that that works really well is more scalable. And also having... Um, co-located with Renseri.no at Kalbakken, uh, who already have um, this infrastructure for getting outfits from um, storage out in a really easy and quick way, also has made the operational part much more scalable. And that setup is um, works really well, and that is also quite easy, um, in theory, to just set up in other countries as well. Yeah. Just use the same platform you have, integrate with uh, local partners there for shipping and logistics and for clothing maintenance or cleaning. And then we can scale in that way. We're just using the setup we have and we don't need to invest in new infrastructure or um, anything um, except for sales and commercialization in new markets. So it, it sounds like you've actually become a more digital company or digitally driven company during the last year or so than what you were. Yeah, that's for sure. We have been focusing a lot on our backend and the scalability of our service from the get-go. But we still had this kind of user-facing part being very physical because people like to come and try on things in the showroom. That was a higher need for when we only had Fjong occasion because people wanted to make sure that this one outfit that they were going to use to a specific occasion was fitting perfectly. With Fjong everyday subscription, then that is less important because they're not using it for a special occasion and uh, the need for trying on is is lower. We also have a guarantee, like a satisfaction guarantee. So if the outfit doesn't fit, they will get a new outfit. So it's not a big concern anyway. But yeah, we are a more digital company in all parts of the value chain now than before the pandemic. Yeah, that's really cool to hear. Not only the fact that you've become more scalable front-end with with a product that's easier to kind of present to consumers in new markets, but but also uh, that you've become more digital and that the back-end of things is easier to scale with, with new international partners anywhere in the world, really. Now... Uh, if we look at the revenues of this, would you say that these changes have also kind of changed the source of where you get your income or is this basically the same as before? The main cash flow is coming from consumers yeah. still. Uh, the difference is mostly that before it was one off rentals for those occasions they were going for and now it's a subscription offering. Yeah. So it's recurring uh, revenue each month. Our clothing partners, they are uh, contributing with clothing, typically overstock or um, samples, uh, outfits that have been returned. Like there are hundreds of different reasons why outfits don't use the end uh, customer. 
And those are the outfits we, we rent out for them. Yeah. And back to them, we give more information about how the customer liked their outfits. We also give information about um, the environmental footprint they are uh, reducing and how much um, CO2 uh, renting out their outfits on, on Fjong are uh, saving. Yeah, I understand. Now, you say that you've made the technology behind Fjong more scalable. And when we talked before entering our studio today, I got some exciting news and know, in fact, that you will be testing this scalability in the very near future. So tell me, how did you decide on where or what market to test it this out on first? We were thinking Scandinavia and Sweden is already a little crowded in terms of clothing rental, actually. Denmark is less. Uh, and Denmark also have uh, a lot of interesting clothing partners. And when we now source from clothing producers directly, Denmark is uh, a very good place to be because they are um, like a mecca for clothing uh, producers. So that is a very good uh, next step. Also, my um, my partner, Sofia Wik, she also came in full-time in Fjong through Corona, which also was a great thing that happened uh, last year. She also has a large network. She started Too Good To Go in Denmark, so she has experience with also starting businesses in Denmark. Uh, we are also thinking a lot about Germany and thinking that that will be our second market. Germany is a large uh, country, obviously. 80 million people. It's very... Um, conscious about environmental consumption and the circular economy. So we think that would be a very interesting next market. And I have studied in Germany and lived there for five years. So I also have a network there and know the language. And I think knowing people and having some network and knowing the culture are advantages when we are going into to new markets as well. We also have a collaboration with the BI through uh, a resource research uh, project that is financed by Forskningsrådet and they have done research also on markets in Europe and uh, Germany seem uh, to be a very interesting market and very kind of ready for clothing rental. So that is why Denmark and Germany are the next markets we are going into and then Denmark first because they have a very good network of uh, clothing partners uh, and it's also a little closer and geographically <laughs> and culturally closer than uh, Germany's. Yeah, this is really exciting news, Sigrun. I'm really excited for you and for your team and looking forward to following the next steps of Fjong. Now, I see on my watch here that time is running out. So before we end things today, have you ever received any advice in the past that you want to pass on to our listeners? I think being open about what is difficult, dare to ask for help, dare to to not know it all. Like, um, be honest with yourself and people around you about what your strengths are and what your weaknesses are. And don't beat yourself up or be critical towards yourself for not uh, understanding things or knowing things or doing mistakes because that is part of the journey and no single person can know it all but um, be open about what you need help for and people will you will be more likely to get uh, help from people around you who complement you in yeah. their strengths and weaknesses thank you for joining us at growth sigrun and for sharing all your insights and learnings from the past year 
And last but not least for the exciting news about the year to come. Thank you for listening to our talk with Sigrun from Fjong. Want to listen to other talks that we've had? Make sure to subscribe to Growth wherever you listen to podcasts.